everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, July 16th, 2017. I'm just so thrilled that we were treated to an MS fundraiser concert. I didn't know if it was actually going to ever happen, but it did, and I just felt like it was filled with beauty and drama and hatred and love, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And I have to start out giving big props to the set designers. I thought that everything looked so real, especially the audience seating. It was just perfect for a summer concert in the park. I really felt like it was there. It felt authentic considering it's built on a soundstage. It really felt like an outdoor park concert. I thought that the stage setup and all of the decor, the florals, everything that were on stage, the lighting on the stage, it was absolutely stunning. And none of it would have happened if it were left up to Nick Newman. <laughs> <laughs> All of that would have gone to waste. No, I, I mean, Nick was very clear about his intentions this week. He was pressuring Nikki and Victor to cancel the concert altogether. And to Victor's credit, he did offer to cancel it. He said, it's it's no big deal, Nikki. If you don't want to go through with this, then we'll just have a party fundraiser. I thought that was good. I mean, I think it spoke to Victor's intentions all along, that he just wanted to do something nice. This wasn't about humiliating Nikki or putting extra pressure on her. He said, if you if you don't want to go through with it, it's fine. But it was Nikki who said, no, we, I want to do this. Nikki's not having any of Nick's doubt. She does not want to cancel. She wants to, I think, not let anyone down. But I think she also has something that she wants to prove to herself. So instead of trusting his mother and her word, Nick decides to take things into his own hands and he sabotages the soundboard backstage by dumping a can of soda on it. <laughs> nice, nice work. I love that that was his big plan. I thought, I mean, we knew he was going to be up to something. And as soon as I saw him eyeballing that can of soda, I'm like, really? He was able, he thinks he's going to take Take down this whole concert with one single can of soda. I guess that's that's apparently what it took. But I felt just awful that Nick does this and then leaves Abby to clean up the mess. I really felt for her this week. She's been planning this event for weeks on top of everything that she's got going on at Newman with her regular duties. And in one fell swoop, Nick just ruins it all. You cannot have a concert without a safety permit. You cannot get a safety permit with sparks flying off of the soundboard. Honestly, Abby had major anxiety going on backstage and I really felt it. It transferred onto me. Her anxiety was giving me anxiety seriously. I mean, le legitimately, I felt like, <laughs> I felt bad for her. And then the family catches on to the fact that there's a problem backstage and they're thinking that the event is going to be ruined. So they're piling on. I was really annoyed annoyed 
with Victoria for butting up in the situation, being unnecessarily critical. I mean, anything that Victoria was saying to Abby was not helpful at all. She was offering no solutions. It was entirely blame-based, and it was blame-based for Victor, too. He was treating Abby like this is all her fault. I didn't see Victor or Victoria or anybody else running around with their little clipboard. I didn't see them making phone calls to try to help the situation. The best thing that Victor could come up with (laughs) in a very Victor way was to try to bribe the safety inspector. I mean, thank goodness that Abby actually had enough balance of mind (laughs) and good sense to try to diffuse that little faux pas because the safety inspector wasn't having it. Victor Newman just thinks he can bribe his way to anything. And one of these days, he's going to reach the point where somebody doesn't take to it too nicely. How would it look if Victor Newman was hauled away from his fundraiser event in handcuffs? Backstage, Nikki was in her dressing room tent. <laughs> I, I thought that was also very beautifully decorated, very beautifully lit. Uh, it, it, it set the scene, I think, for some beautiful moments that were to come. Uh, first of all, Nikki received a visit from a young lady who also had MS, and she just wanted to talk to Nikki about it and say what an inspiration that Nikki is. She handed her the MS ribbon that she could wear on her lapel. I thought that was a really touching moment. The only thing I guess I feel that is a little bit of a gap in all of this, and I, 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 I shouldn't even be complaining because it's all been very well done, but I thought that maybe YNR should have talked a little bit more about MS through all of this. I Like, what exactly the disease is because we know that Nikki is in all of this crippling pain, but not once have they really talked talked about what what it is, what causes it, what is actually being done research-wise. Is it genetic? I don't know that much about it. I know that it's a disease that affects your your nervous centrum, central c- central nervous system, I think, or it's, um, it has to do with your nerves. Um, and I, I just think that this possibly would have been a little bit of a, a, a point f- of education, um, which I'm going to go on Google, actually, and, and look that up after I get done, because I was thinking, you know, I shouldn't be waiting, I suppose, for YNR to tell me what MS is, but I guess I'm contrasting it with when Jill had her heart attack. I thought that they did a really good job of bringing the doctor in to try to, in a in a very well done way, explain what the symptoms of a heart attack are and what you can do to prevent it. And I thought that Jill's disease was well done. Uh, I would have maybe liked to have seen YNR talk a little bit more about it, but they overall have done a, a very good job. And I liked that Nikki really wants to do something good here. I think that through all of her suffering, what has also been on Nikki's mind is the larger issue. She wants to contribute something to the research for the cure for this debilitating disease. Um, I, I do also wish, just for Nikki and her character, that the young woman coming in and talking to her 
would have been a little bit more of a cue to her that she doesn't have to lie about her symptoms. It was not necessary for Nikki to hide any of this. I would think that being open and honest about what's really going on is part of the message and part of the reason why you would need to have more research. I think that she she just didn't have to lie. I did. I would, would have liked to have seen her talk to people about what the reality of the disease really is. But just as it looks like the concert is going to have to be canceled, the soundboard can't be fixed, they can't get anybody in there uh, to work it out, and Nick is on stage happily ready to announce it. He knows he sabotaged it. He's hoping that this concert does not go off. I mean, he's literally walked out on stage to tell everybody that the concert part is going to be canceled. And just as he does that, Noah, his son, comes to save the day. I thought it was brilliant that Noah was able to use his knowledge from working the uh, open mic nights and things at the underground to fix the soundboard. That was excellent. A really great tie-in. And he was also saving the day for his girlfriend, Tessa, too. She takes the stage. Nick gets butted out of the way. And Tessa gives this beautiful performance. I loved the song that she was singing. I thought she looked so gorgeous up there on stage. And I am not ashamed to admit, I cried. <laughs> I cried during Tessa's song. And it was not just the song, but I think it was the buildup of the moment and how beautiful everything looked and the, the faces of the audience. And most importantly, the moment between... Nikki and Victor backstage and it's just it was it was magic he looked right at Nikki and says all I've wanted to do is create magic for you and they have a kiss <laughs> it was more than one kiss actually she kisses him once and then looks into his eyes and additional kisses it was really a, a wonderful Nikki and Victor moment. I always get sucked back into them. I can't help myself. It was romantic. <laughs> All of the uh, talking about, you know, predictions and how is this going to go down. It just all got washed away. And I was entirely immersed in the, the, the Nikki and Victor love story. Once again, it was just beautiful. Tears streaming down my face. I mean, I'm not even kidding you. I was sitting on the floor like, ugh. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And then Nikki takes to her piano looking so beautiful. There is like steam and, and colored lights behind her. And she sits down at the piano and there's a moment where we wonder, is she going to be able to pull this off? And of course she does. She plays absolutely flawlessly. And I liked too that it was the same song we've been hearing her playing. I don't know why, but I didn't connect it until that moment. She starts playing the song. I mean, we've heard it, her play it in pieces over the last several weeks, and all of a sudden she's playing it in its entirety. I thought it was beautiful. The audience was so impressed. She comes and she takes her bow, and you see the faces of everyone saying, that was excellent. You know, she did such a great job. Uh, everyone's proud of her, but... 
it has taken everything, everything that she has to do this one task. The moment she's done with the task, she runs backstage and she is in pain. I mean, absolute, I think, mental and physical anguish at that point. And Victor comes in after her and he sees that she's there in pain and she pulls herself together. And for the first time, she was really open with him about the struggle. I think that that's what she needed to do all along. None of this was her enemy. I think that rather than trying to run from the problem or work through the pain, she needed to embrace it. Uh, but I, and, and in that moment, she was embracing Victor, too. And she just said, you know what? I, there's nothing that you need to do. Just listen. And that's something that's going to be a challenge always for Victor. Victor's a doer. He wants to fix a problem. And she said, just listen to me. And he, of course, apologizes for any stress. Like, he didn't know that it was doing this to her. Everybody else in the world seemed to pick up on it. But Victor didn't pick up on it because she's been pushing him away and intentionally hiding it from him. And she actually gets us to the point, though, where she thanks him for making her do this or for setting up the event so that she could do this. She, she in, in a few moments, completely turned her position on Victor. She's been fighting her feelings for Victor just as strong as she's been fighting this disease. And in the moment where she finally triumphed over her, uh, you know, over the disease and the piano piece and the concert and all of this craziness that's been going on in her head, she also chose to embrace and triumph over her anger, I suppose, uh, with Victor. So, I mean, yeah, you know me. I'm back on board for Nikki and Victor now. <laughs> I get all mad at him, and then we have this tender moment. Tears rolling down his face, tears rolling down my face, and then I just, I'm, I'm sunk. <laughs> Um, it was interesting, though, that uh, both Nick and Jack, the other two men in her life that are very attuned to what's been going on with her disease, they run backstage to see how she was. They know that something's off considering she didn't come back uh, to take another bow or do an encore or anything like that. So they both run back to to see how she's doing. They both know how hard this has been for her. But unlike Nick... I think Jack realizes <laughs> from years of experience that you can't really come in between the Nikki and Victor story. Whatever Victor wants to do, whatever Nikki wants to do, and what they want to do with their relationship is not going to be interrupted by Jack or Nick or anybody else. Um, Nick is sour at this point. He's sour that he wasn't able to thwart the concert. He's sour that Nikki ended up going through through with it and he actually had the nerve to scold Noah for fixing the soundboard that was such a, a bizarre moment and I thought to myself uh, uh <laughs> Nick is seeming a little bit like Victor in that moment I mean getting down on Noah for doing something that would thwart his underhanded plan. I mean, Nick in his hatred of Victor is starting to show signs of being like Victor. Victoria, you know, Victoria is too, honestly. But I mean, I think that you, you 
can't escape who you are. I mean, Nick is in this con in the situation with this concert. His focus was get what you want, no matter what it takes. The end justifies the means. And that is how Victor operates. And just coming down on Noah so hard, I, I, I really thought that Nick was showing some, some Victor true colors there. Oh, and Victor knows it. <laughs> oh, Victor has been watching this whole situation with the concert and he he ends up finding out from the tech one of the technicians that the reason the soundboard was sparking all over the place was because somebody dumped a can of soda on it uh and just from watching nick from observing the situation victor figures out immediately or i guess not immediately but over time it starts to dawn on him what nicholas has done and he confronts Nick. It was a kind of a scary moment. Nick goes down to the parking garage and he's all angry and he's getting ready to get in his car and you kind of know that something is going to happen. And just as Friday's show ends, Victor is confronting Nick and he's getting ready to rip him a new one. I suppose the way Nick just ripped Noah a new one, only probably a hundred times worse. Oh my goodness, I can't wait for Monday's show. I'm kind of on Victor's side here. I hate to say it, but I, for once, <laughs> totally understand where Victor is coming from. And I mean, I guess the truth is I do also understand where Nick is coming from. I think that Nick just wanted to protect his mother. He didn't want to cause her any additional pain. But the thing is, Nikki is an adult. Nikki was the one making this decision. She's your mother. At a certain point, you need to have respect for her and deference for her and her decisions and her opinions. And as a matter of fact, Nick, Victor is still your father and you still have to owe some level of respect to him, even if you wish he wasn't your father. Victor summons Hillary and asks her to cover the charity event. I thought it was fantastic, starting with the very uncomfortable interview that Hillary gave in the Newman living room where she wants to hone in on the pieces of information and the interpersonal and family dynamics that her viewers are going to want to know about. So she's asking questions about Victor and Nikki's marriage, Victoria's there. She's asking her about the marriage. It's it was very uncomfortable for the Newmans. I think that uh, I, I think that Hillary picked up maybe on that. <laughs> but she did a good interview with these people. I'm sure she's gonna uh, air it on the show next week. But my favorite and most unexpected part of the concert was the red carpet. Oh my gosh, we actually got red carpet. How cool is that? That plays into all 
all of the things I, I just, I love. It was a new set. It felt very current. We got to see everybody's fashion and their outfits and do little interviews. Like it, it was just tied in perfectly to Hillary and her role. I loved the little bit, just a teeny tiny little flash of comedy that we got from Hillary right at the beginning of the red carpet scenes where she's trying to like go like she's moving her mouth like preparing for being on screen. I thought that was really a, a funny moment from Michelle Morgan. I just I loved all of this red carpet glamour. <laughs> I loved the interviews. I liked her talking to everybody. I liked even her sidekick cameraman Howard. <laughs> it's just a fun little dynamic um, and I, I really appreciated that. I, YNR is giving us lots of character, lots of charisma here. I just, I have to give a major thumbs up for this whole gala. It was gorgeous. Um, I think that next week, Victor is probably <laughs> going to wish he never involved Hillary in this whatsoever. Uh, I, I really think and was impressed by how um, Hillary conducted herself. I think that she kept it very professional the entire time. I think that she knew she was there for charity. This wasn't a gossip type scenario, but she's also not going to ignore a juicy scoop if it pops up. She and Howard were, um, like, they were kind of aware that some stuff was going on behind the scenes, and there was a point where Hillary pulled Howard back a little bit. I think he wanted to run backstage right after the concert and find out uh, what was, uh, you know, get the camera right in Nikki and Victor's faces. But there was a really smart moment where Hillary, having just been with the family during those interviews, knowing that there's more going on here, she pulls Howard back from uh, on the leash a little bit and says, no, let Nikki and Victor have this moment. But then they pick up on the tension that's going on with Victor and they end up following Victor down to the parking garage where he's getting ready to confront Nick. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not sure what's going to happen next week. I don't know uh, what's going to be done or said. I don't know if they're going to get into a physical altercation or if it's just going to be words, but if Nick and Victor end up airing all of the Newman family dirty laundry during their fight, if they're going to talk about everything that's happened, including everything that happened with Adam and Chloe, it's all about to be caught on tape. Can we just take a minute to talk about some fashion? I mean, there was a red carpet. I'm not going to not talk about the red carpet glamour. Um, I, I think we need to officially do our best and worst dresses for the week. My best dress, my big ribbon of the week, has got to, of course, go to Ms. Nikki in Champagne Wishes and Caviar Dreams. She looked like a million dollars, and I'm not 
not saying that she was the best dressed because she was clearly the star of the show. I'm saying she was the best dressed because she was the best dressed. I loved everything about it. I loved the color of the dress. I loved the texture of the dress. I loved the jewels, the big chunky jewels. Her hair was gorgeous. I even liked the little, uh, uh, what would it have been? Not tool, but um, I don't know, chiffon sort of little wrap that she had on over the dress. She was gorgeous head to toe. (laughs) Big red ribbon for Nikki, or I suppose it would be an orange ribbon for, for Nikki. Um, worst dress is kind of hard. I, I, even though I thought that she looked beautiful, I will say I did not love Tessa's hair with the dress. I thought that she, she had on a, a gorgeous red dress and the hair was a little too poofed. It was like bouffant. Like it didn't match the dress. The dress seemed kind of almost like in the way that it was saggy, it almost had a, like a boho sort of vibe, I guess. And then her hair just seemed more like beehive. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but the hair was it was too teased and brushed back. I just it was too big or something. It just didn't like her head didn't match the rest of her body or something. But I mean, I can't. I, that's a it's a stretch, I suppose, to call her worst dressed. But it was probably one of my least favorites. Um, what are you guys thinking? What are your best and worst dressed? I heard I've I've seen some comments that people were not feeling Chelsea's outfit. Uh, she had on kind of a like multicolored beaded shorter dress. I didn't mind the dress at all though. I just hated the earrings. I don't like those curtain tassel earrings that everybody seems to be wearing now. It's just it didn't it didn't feel formal. And I, that was the main complaint that I heard about Chelsea's dress was that people, you know, the dress wasn't bad, but it didn't seem gala worthy. Um I I really I liked Hillary's dress. Um she also had on kind of, I guess it was silvery gold, and it had these rose appliques on. I mean, it's hard for Hillary to look bad. I did absolutely think that she looked beautiful, and I thought that she she also looked expensive. <laughs> um, I loved Ashley in her ruby red. Ashley looks fantastic in red, and I loved that Ravi had on, um, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was velvet or velour or something. I probably, or not velour. I guess it would be have been velvet. It looked like he had on, um, like, a, a, a velvet uh, jacket and a velvet tie. Um, but he looked really good. I think, I think as far as men goes, Ravi was probably the best dressed because it was something a little offbeat. I mean, guys always look the same in their outfits. And Ravi was given us a little something different. I bet it was hot. <laughs> Whatever that fabric was, it looked hot uh, for a summer event. Oh, I don't want to forget Abby, though, too, because Abby did look really nice in that ruby red uh, over kind of a nude illusion. It was like nude and ruby red, and I thought that was pretty. Um, but before I forget, did anybody else think that a- Ashley and Ravi seemed a little lukewarm on each other. I mean, it just, there, I, there was all of this passion, it seemed, and this, we were building towards something, and I, you know, I did like the moment uh, where Dino was winking at Ashley a little bit about having a, having brought a younger man as a date, but I didn't feel like Ashley and Ravi were dates. There was something about it that they're, they're keeping it so 
tight. They're keeping it so formal. I want to get back to the Ashley and Ravi story. I want to know what's going on there. Is their relationship progressing at all? I mean, it's, it's it seems to be moving at a snail's pace here. Um, I guess her date, though, was better than Jack's date. Jack brought his mommy to the party. I mean, come on, Jack. You couldn't muster up another date. <laughs> uh, but I thought Dina looked really nice. I liked her navy blue dress. I really liked Dina's hair. She had a lot of hair. Is that, are those hair pieces? I have a really hard time identifying hair pieces. I don't know why. I just assume that's everybody's hair. Uh, but it's, it's probably like a wig, right? Somebody tell me. Please somebody tell me if that was Dina's real real hair. It looked good. I like specifically like Dina's hair. She has good hair. I want to know if it's real now. <laughs> um, let's see. I really liked Victoria's emerald dress. Um, she had in kind of like a diamondy belt. I loved the earrings that she had. They were kind of like leafy, dangly, diamondy earrings. The only thing I didn't like was the necklace. The emerald necklace seemed just, I don't know, it was like chunky and not in a good way and oddly placed. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 that was the only thing I didn't like about Victoria, but she looked really pretty in that, that deep emerald green color. I mean, who didn't look great? Everybody looked great. Who else? am I forgetting? I can't think of anybody. Um, Billy and Phyllis, I thought it was interesting that they decided to skip the event and go swimming instead. The lawsuit with Juliet has put Brash and Sassy in a really bad financial spot. Victoria is scrambling to see how she can keep the business afloat. It was the lawsuit and also the whole snafu with the hockey deal and the tie-in. It's just not looking good for Brash and Sassy's bottom line. Victor pays a visit to Victoria this week and he offers her his assistance. Now, Victoria is not falling all over herself for his affection the way that she used to. She turns him down so she doesn't need his help, but she's also not taking as hard of a line with Victor as Nick is, for instance. She's still giving him, a, she's letting him hold court a little bit. Uh, and I don't know, if Brash and Sassy gets into some serious trouble, she may have to take on a partner or accept a buyout or something. Didn't Jack joke like make a joke about that a little bit like he wanted to buy brash and sassy somehow my suspicion is that uh, Victoria would much rather work with Victor than with Jack. I just wonder if what we're building toward could be Victor coming on as a partner for Victoria or maybe even acquiring Brash and Sassy because it seems like YNR is getting ready to give full rise to the rivalry between Abby and Victoria. They, there was some cattiness between those two girls this week and I think integrating Brash and Sassy into Newman, it might be interesting to see Abby and Victoria continue to go at it. There was also also a funny moment at the benefit where Victor <laughs> realizes that his golden boy Scott is dating Sharon. <laughs> Victor seemed personally offended by this. <laughs> like he was a little bit heartbroken that Scott was was dating Sharon. Um, he has been grooming Scott 
for business, but possibly also for one of his daughters, too. He implied to Victoria that he wouldn't mind seeing her date Scott instead. I mean, he, he kind of got gossipy. If there was so much going on behind the scenes, wondering if this concert is ever going to happen. And Victor, and Victor took a moment to be standing there gossiping about Sharon and Scott with Victoria. It was kind of funny and a, a little bit cute. I think Victoria even said something about it. Like, right now, really? You're, you're trying to play matchmaker at a time like this? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, um, I, I suppose if Victoria doesn't want Scott, then, um, as usual, Abby can have Victoria's leftovers. <laughs> um, I just, I still wonder if we're, if we're gonna have, um, um, more, uh, moments between Abby and Scott as well. Well, another moment of rivalry between Victoria and Abby at the benefit was when Zach was flirting with Victoria at the bar a little bit. Zach is Abby's new a friend boy toy perhaps dating she's dating him and he's flirting with Victoria a little bit before he realizes that Victoria is Abby's sister and Abby immediately tells him stay away from Victoria <laughs> just don't have anything to do with her um, I, I definitely cannot see Zach and Victoria together that would be um, really ridiculous to me I mean I don't know why I don't know they're just meh I'm, I'm meh on Zach I, I, I have no reason to like him. I don't trust him at all. I don't want him anywhere near Victoria. But maybe they are building toward a future Abby Victoria Scott triangle uh, once, once Zach's out of the way. I don't know. But then where would that leave Sharon? I forgot Sharon's outfit. I'm trying to remember it now. It was a long white dress. Was it one shoulder? Sharon, of course, just looked beautiful in white. The angel that she is, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I just keep thinking that YNR wants to pass Scott around, but like there's more because there's more than one woman who's got him on her radar. But as of right now, he is property of Sharon Newman, so hands off. The paternity test results are in. Uh, Juliet delivers them personally to Lily and Kane. Of course, he's the father. Of course. This is no surprise to me. No surprise to you, I'm sure. Um, and certainly no surprise to Juliet. This is what she's been claiming all along. Um, it, it was interesting, though, that Juliet had a change in her tone this week because last week she was starting to show interest in Kane. Wanting him to be participating in her child's life. And then this week, when she went to tell Lillian Kane the paternity test results, she was so defiant. Um, I mean, I thought she was going to maybe demand something from him, but instead she pulled back and said, I don't want anything from you. Just so you know you're the father, but I'm not trying to get anything from you. I don't want you to be involved. You're off the hook. Consider yourself off the hook. I liked that Juliet said, you know, I didn't mean to hurt you, Lily. It seemed like she specifically wanted to talk to Lily about it and say, um, I'm, I wasn't trying to destroy your family by any means. This is just something that happened. But don't worry about me. You guys just go back to your lives as normal. And Kane was ready to do it, too. That I, I was so shocked by that. I mean, like, Kane. <laughs> 
basically fell off the hook. Like, Ju- oh, good, good. Juliet's letting me off the hook. So I'm just going to stick my head in the sand and pretend like this isn't happening and go back to normal. I thought that was so fascinating that that was his reaction, that it would even occur to him to just abandon her and his child. But he's so will he's so willing to do it. I'm sure that a lot of guys in that situation would probably do the exact same thing. I mean, that's why we have child support because a lot of guys want to run away from the responsibility, would just love to be off the hook for the whole thing. I thought that Daniel... I never know how to say his last name, Godard. <laughs> um, I thought that he was really excellent in that scene, too, because I really, really felt his desperation. He just wants to make it go away. And Lily has to snap him back to reality and say, no, you don't get to run away from this responsibility, which I also think says so much about Lily and who she is, the type of woman that she's become, because it would be just as easy for her to want to to ignore it. And once again, I'm sure, I'm positive that a lot of wives would, they would just ignore it. They, and they do. I'm, I'm sure that God, you know, the husband goes off, has an affair, has a baby and they just ignore it and, and go on with their little family. But like, la la la, this is not happening to me. That would be so easy to do. And Lily would not let Cain do it. He he was so desperate in that moment saying, well, what do you want me to do? And Lily says, you have to be there for Juliet. You have to be there for this baby. I just was so impressed with, I'm overall impressed with how Lily is handling this very maturely. She didn't immediately decide to abandon Cain, abandon her family because Lily's got so much more to think about than just her relationship with Cain. When you have kids, when you have a family, there's so much more at stake. The, the stakes are just so much higher. And I really think that she's just very I'm just so impressed with how she's handling herself um I, I, I don't know I and, and I'm, I'm less impressed with how Kane is handling himself he's he has let this destroy him uh, he, he feels absolutely destroyed I, I mean I guess like look I don't know if Juliet is trying to pull a fast one here we, we're speculating on both sides of it uh, some people say yes some people say no and in reality we all know that YNR is going to take this however they choose to for now I'm going to assume that I'm just going to assume what Lily and Kane are assuming that this is the new reality that that apparently Juliet and Kane slept together she's pregnant I'm just going to go with that for now until YNR starts throwing out other crumbs that we can latch onto. But for now, there's nothing left to do but accept it when it comes to this family. I mean, they have to tell Charlie and Maddie what's going on. It's an obvious tension. It's an issue in the household now. So Lily takes uh, Maddie aside, Char- or Kane takes Charlie aside, and I liked the way the scenes were spliced up of the kids learning what was going on with their father. They both have separate but equally painful reactions. They they feel betrayal now. That their, that their father has betrayed their family, and they feel, I'm sure, disgusted by the idea that he would step out on their mother. I think this is really rocking Maddie and Charlie's world. I mean, I'm sure that they are at this point feeling all of the things that Lily is feeling right now. And Kane is just powerless to stop it.
the Kevin and Chloe saga continues. Um, does anybody else feel like this is kind of dragging out? I, I thought we were done with this a while ago, and now here we are. It just keeps going. <laughs> I don't know. It seems kind of long. Um, last week, I asked you guys if you felt like YNR was giving us a fit farewell to Kevin Fisher, given the amount of time he's been on the show. I mean, just everything. Do you feel like this has been a good goodbye? Um, 68% of you said no that you feel like there is something lacking here when it's coming to uh, Kevin's goodbye and that uh, that YNR could have done a lot better. I, I just, I voted no. I feel there's just, there's a lot of holes in the plot um, and it just kind of feels like it's dragging out. We had a first goodbye and we had a, we've had additional goodbyes and now I don't know where we're headed on this. I mean, 32% of you felt like YNR's done a good job and I think that that number was a little higher as the week has gone on. So maybe you guys are starting to feel like Wayanart's giving a better resolution. I mean, we had the continuation of the goodbye, the long freaking goodbye tour. Uh, Kevin said goodbye to Chelsea this week, and I will say I did appreciate the, the goodbye with Chelsea scene because I could really tell that Kevin feels guilty that Chelsea lost her husband over what Chloe did. That's not going to stop him, I suppose, from 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 doing anything different. He knows that turning Chloe in is not going to bring Adam back. So so I suppose he thinks, why bother? I mean, it would, though, get her some help that she needs. We know that Chloe is not well. I think it's a little bit um, maybe foolish of Kevin to think that he's going to be able to help her. How is he going to make sure that she gets the mental health care that she needs when they're on the run like this? I don't know. Um... I also did like, though, the goodbye moments with Esther and with Gloria. Finally, we saw Esther showing us some real emotion. She's seemed so muted over the past uh, month, really, since Chloe died. We really haven't seen uh, much from her. She's she's on those meds. <laughs> Where's Kevin going to get meds for Chloe? At least the doctor was able to prescribe her what she needed. Um, but I did like seeing Esther. I liked Gloria and Esther and Gloria being a friend to Esther. And I, I felt sad when Gloria was saying, you know, goodbye, Angel. It's just too bad because... Kevin is leaving at a time when we're seeing Gloria and Esther more than ever. I think that it really could have been good to build up those families. But now Kevin's leaving town. He's got Chloe. He's got Bella. They're kind of hanging out in a hotel room right now trying to entertain themselves. And there's a moment after Bella goes to sleep where Chloe and Kevin finally have a chance to really talk again and Chloe <laughs> decides to tell him that Victor was involved in all of this, that he that he was part of the conspirer the conspiracy um, and Kevin didn't know any of this obviously he's not happy about it but he also is not going to turn around now I, 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 I'm trying to rationalize all of this, I Imagine that Kevin feels that he just, he has two choices here. He's, he, you know, it's either he can be afraid of Victor's retaliation or he can choose to love and support Chloe. And he chooses uh, to love and support Chloe. So I guess Portland, here we come.
velvet handcuffs. <laughs> I'm fascinated a little bit by the idea of velvet handcuffs. No, it wasn't Ravi who said that last week. Maybe Ravi took the velvet handcuffs and made them into a suit jacket and a bow tie for himself for the gala. <laughs> he would have had to try really hard, though, to pry those velvet handcuffs out of Hillary and Jordan's hands. It was Jordan who uttered the phrase velvet handcuffs last week. He was having uh, a little post or a little early morning love snug session with Hillary and he said, well, are you you, you want to call in some, some room service for us? What would you order for breakfast? Velvet handcuffs? <laughs> it was a, a saucy little moment between those two and I got a lot of guesses, but only six of you got it right. So congratulations to Lynn Harper. Henry, of course, Gina got it again this week, and Tanya. <laughs> well done, you guys. It was, I guess, a little bit of a hard one. Um, I liked the quote. I picked out kind of a funny quote for this week. It's a little longer, but you can tell me if you think you know who said this. Any other tips other than don't drool on myself? <laughs> I just like the idea of someone drooling all over themselves. <laughs> Any other tips other than don't drool on myself? If you think you know who said that, you can go to yrchat.com and leave your guess. And if you get it right, I will give you your shout out next week. All right, let's crack this chatterbox and read some of your comments. I just saw a message come through from Daisy on Facebook saying that she thinks that Victor is going to go looking for Kevin now. Um, that's so interesting because I just keep waiting for this whole storyline to get wrapped up with a little bow. And I, I just, I guess I wasn't, I, I'm not expecting anything between Kevin and Victor. I just remember that um, when Chloe got away, I think there was a part of Victor that that was thinking, oh, well, let her go. I'm not going to try to track her down. Uh, but then again, I guess that was before Ad he realized that she killed Adam. So I don't know. Maybe you are right. Maybe maybe uh, Victor's going to go off uh, looking for, for Kevin and Chloe and think he wants to drag them to justice. I mean, we all know it's not going to happen. They are pretty much on the run at this point. And since they're leaving the show, I can't imagine that. Uh, that I don't know how much more are we going to see on this. I, I just don't know. But Bonnie on Facebook also asked me, what's your prediction for Chloe? And uh, frankly, I just, I think she's just gone. Um, I think that in a few months, maybe years, Kevin's going to come back to Genoa City and we're going to learn that Chloe ran away again. I just don't see how he is going to effectively give her care. I don't see how he's going to keep her on her leash. And I think that probably the way she always does, Chloe's going to get bored with him eventually. Why didn't she tell him that he was Bella's father? Why? I guess the, I guess she didn't know or didn't want to know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just too, it's too much. The Kevin and Chloe saga is just too much for me. I, and I, I, it's obviously too much for Ellen, too, because she left this great comment at yrchat.com, and I just don't even think I could put it any better. So I'm going to give you this comment from Ellen. It sums, sums me up pretty good here. Uh, how can 
Kevin just say, oh, well, you blew up Adam, killed him in cold blood, and oh, well, you've been lying to me all along about working with Victor and framing Adam and Bella's, Bella's paternity, etc., etc., etc. No worries, Chloe. I still love you. You're going to be a great wife and mother. Come on, run for the hills, Kevin. Chloe needs extended hospitalization. She's an actual murderer. <laughs> Unlike Adam, by the way, who accidentally hit Delia. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just couldn't say it any better. That's it's nail meat head head meat nail. <laughs> um, I also really like Ellen that you made a comment about how now because of Kevin's absence, Michael, Lauren, Gloria, Paul and Mariah have all lost a piece of their character's history. I think that's a really uh, a point that needs to be made, Ellen, because it does kind of feel like Kevin is not getting a good resolution to me anyway. It feels like he's kind of being erased out a little bit. And by the way, that's the reason why I can't believe that Mariah considers Devon to be her one true love after all of the history that she shared with Kevin. I was completely waiting for Mariah to have some kind of resolution with Kevin. I mean, we didn't go on that journey with them for nothing. She pined over him for uh, for years, for years. He was her best friend, her support. I mean, she sat there quietly loving him for a long time. And she considers Devon to be her one true love? Ugh. Well, T. Nicole at YRChat.com commented on me saying that that last week. There was a, that moment in the coffee house where Mariah's sitting there and she says to Sharon, Does, do, you, do you think you ever get over your one true love? T. Nicole uh, at YRChat.com says, I took Mariah asking Sharon if you ever got over your first true love as being about Devon uh, towards Hillary. Um, and I guess that's I guess that's part of the reason that or I guess I wasn't connected that before but because I'm thinking about Mariah in terms of her relationship and like I just I I don't feel <laughs> I guess the like I've tried okay I've tried <laughs> and I feel underwhelmed by Devon and Mariah it seems like a rebound to me um, they haven't been dating that long uh, as compared to the long history that Mariah had with Kevin and so I just wonder maybe Mariah I mean that's a really good point Tina Cole because maybe Mariah is thinking in terms of well, you know, I kind of just got over Kevin and I am embarking on this new relationship with Devon and unfortunately it, it you know, it's now starting to fall apart. Actually, Ellen also makes the point here that Mariah has started to fall for Devon just as he starts to weaken and lean back toward Hillary. Although Ellen also says, I don't get it. Why would you want to be someone else's conscience? Yuck. If Hillary can't make decent moral decisions on her own, then she's not right for Devon. Why should he have to be her babysitter for life? It's just like Allie was saying about Chloe and Kevin, although not as extreme. Kevin equals Devon. Chloe equals Hillary. It's not a healthy dynamic. And when does Mariah get a real shot at a relationship? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's part of it. I See, I would have rather 
there, kept Kevin around, and really explored an actual relationship with Mariah. I mean, that's where the chemistry is. I just, I, I know that there are a lot of um, Mariah and Devon fans, and by no means am I trying to dismiss that. Please don't think that I'm that I that I don't um, care about you know that you know you find sparks there. It's just that I I feel like Mariah is so quirky that she she would be paired well with someone else who's kind of quirky and Devon is he's always been a little bit flat like there's he's he's not Mr. Comedy I mean he has the ability but I think he's a little more on the serious side I think Devon is good in a relationship where he can balance someone but I, you know I understand what you're saying Ellen about like uh, you know not wanting to be someone's conscious like I wouldn't choose a relationship like that personally uh, I want somebody who can handle themselves I, I, I you know like you said about being a babysitter no thank you uh, but it's just for you know like for soaps <laughs> for soaps I like the drama I mean I think that Devon is just taken with Hillary. I think she's got that spark. I think she has the it factor that he finds appealing. He's drawn to her, I think, whether or not it's good for him. I mean, I think it maybe people have experienced that, you know, where you're just, you, you're really into somebody, but you know they're kind of bad for you. Maybe it's a little bit for Devon, like, playing with fire. You know you're going to get burned, but, you know, it's, it's Hillary's still, she's so, she's so bright and she's shiny and she's hot. <laughs> Uh, Consuela at YRChat.com says, I loved the moment when Hillary tried to interview Nick. <laughs> Nick wasn't having any of it. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. I think Hillary asked him, do you have any words to say? And Nick, and Nick was like, words. <laughs> he was giving very flat answers. And she says, yeah, you, maybe like you're happy uh, that this is, that we're here for a good cause. You want to add something? And he was like, yeah, those words are fine. <laughs> he was obviously not having it. Um, Gary at YRChat.com left a comment saying his favorite moment of the week was Reed on the red carpet. What a bumbling deadhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of, I love that Reed was the first arrival at the red carpet. He's just, he he works for me. I think this is a good cast. Um, it's, it's a good... Um, element to have on the show because Reed almost comes off as this clueless kid who's just stuck in the middle of all of this craziness and it, it just it reads as innocent and I think it's it, it it's fun and I also like the way he and Victoria are, are working together we had another cute scene with Victoria and Reed this week where she uh, was on the red carpet inter being interviewed by Hillary and she's trying to prop Reed a little bit up. He feels, uh, I think understandably awkward in front of camera. He's not, like he he's into his music but he's not into himself and I think that's, it's charming. It was fun. Um, Sharita on Facebook left me a message saying, I felt really bad for the twins having to realize that their dad's not a hero, but a human like them. I can't believe they walked out on him. I wonder if this will turn Maddie into more of a bad girl. 
well, that would maybe be good for Reed. Uh, the, the, at least she would let her hair down a little bit and allow herself to get involved. I was surprised that she even took a break from studying to go up and, and, and swim at the pool last week. So uh, maybe we are starting to see Maddie loosen up a little bit, which is what we were asking for. Uh, I just hopefully, uh, as Sharita says, I, I hope it's not it doesn't turn her to like a really bad girl. Hopefully it'll just uh, let her let her hair down a little bit. Um, Cheyenne at YRChat.com says, I loved the few scenes of Victor and Hillary this week. Victor being the shark that he is and Hillary being a shark in training was great. Yeah, I know. It was like cool to see Hillary walk into Victor's office. I don't know if she's ever been on that set before. I can't remember if she has, but it was interesting to see those two play off against each other. Uh, I would like to see some more of that. I like that Hillary's, uh, I just, I kind of am into her as the 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 news reporter of the town because it allows an outsider to come in and expose some of the little secrets and dirty details that happen in these other areas. You know, it's like sometimes Weiner keeps their storylines in clusters and they don't interact a whole lot. That's why I'm always happy when we have a big gala or something or a place where there's a crossover. And I think Hillary is a, a great character for facilitating those types of crossovers. Um, Aaron on YouTube also made a good point that Juliet could just as easily turn on Hillary. Um, I mean, we've seen Hillary. Um, we know that Hillary has the power to turn over that tape that she has, and that would certainly expose Juliet and probably interrupt her uh, healthy uh, bottom line, uh, her the big fat check that she got. But I mean, I mean, it is possible that Juliet could reveal that Hillary was involved all along. Uh, and I wonder, like, what? would how would that harm Hillary I think that that would harm her reputation if it went if Juliet went public about Hillary's involvement in that and I'm sure Hillary would, Hillary would not like that um Kiki on YouTube also had a good devil's advocate point um and I just, for some reason, this struck me. But Kiki says, I can understand why Kane wouldn't necessarily want to ruin his marriage over something he doesn't remember. I would love for, if there's anybody out there who can shed some light on this this week... Does Kane remember having sex with Juliet or not? Because at first it seemed like he really, really did not know that it happened. He had, it was like a blank area in his mind. And then over time we got other flashbacks of it. And I just feel like Kane has been a little wishy-washy as to whether or not he actually remembers it. Didn't he tell Colin a couple weeks ago that he remembers that it happened, but he doesn't remember the act? I mean, what, what do you guys think? Does Kane remember sleeping with Juliet or not? I feel a little unclear about that but it could be for another uh, number of reasons. Maybe I looked away for a second. So if you guys know, please tell me. Uh, maybe Sharbut can answer that because she um, left me a comment on YouTube saying, I like fact checking and I pay attention to details. So I actually don't think that Juliet could get a chance to switch any paternity test results. Fact number one, Kane is the one who set up the appointment. He said so himself when he paid Juliet a surprise visit at her suite. She had no chance to scheme there. 
Fact number two, Kane drove her to the hospital to get the test done by a doctor that he chose. I think Juliet always admired Kane, but I don't think she set out to trap him. I think she was hoping maybe Kane would confess with the added bonus of getting money out of her unfair dismissal from Brash and Sassy. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, although Wyanor's not always good at sticking to the facts. <laughs> they, they have a funny way of twisting those facts however they want. Anna was perceiving uh, Juliet as being so calculating. She left me a voicemail this week saying, uh, Juliet coming over to Lillian Kane saying, oh, I don't want you to ha have anything to do with the baby. Uh, she knew that Lily would never agree to that. She's just one step closer to Kane being in her clutches. Do you think, I guess I didn't read it that way, um, but I, I guess I wasn't thinking about of it in terms of Juliet being calculated because I'm so rested on the fact that this is just reality. But, um, you know, do you think that, that Juliet did, did that on purpose? Do you think that she she knew that she was saying all of those things specifically in front of Lily and then knowing that Lily would not let Kane off the hook, that that would allow more dissension between those two, that maybe Juliet could expose Kane a little bit there, make him look bad to his wife and cause a break in the relationship? Is that what you, is that how you guys were reading that? Um, also, Anna uh, said she, she wants to give Abby the best dressed award and she thought Hillary was the worst dressed, didn't like the um roses on her on her dress oh i can't wait to hear your best and worst dress this week it's so funny how fashion is subjective i agree abby looked great um d left me a voice message she's a new podcast listener uh and she and her husband have been watching ynr together for 30 years first of all that's awesome to, to i mean appreciate the fact that you have a partner to watch it with that's really cool because it's like right now there's so many options for entertainment if you go on the internet or go on tv there's so many more channels than there used to be so to share such a niche interest with someone i think is really cool it's nice it would be nice to be able to you know talk to your partner about that i think that that's really neat d um also, she wanted to tell me uh, that she thinks Juliet pulled the old turkey baster trick on Kane. <laughs> That's kind of sort of what Ashley did, right, with, uh, with Victor and Ashley. You know, if there's shady business between um with with Juliet at all I think that is a, a plausibility uh because if Juliet impregnated herself with Kane's sperm then it would make the sex not true which would get Kane off the hook with Lily and his marriage but it would also make the paternity of the baby a reality to deal with so it's possible that YNR could be taking it in that direction if they're taking Juliet in a shady direction um Consuela also uh, left a comment at yrchat.com saying, I'm kind of confused about what kind of legal documents Kane was looking for regarding Juliet. That is such a good question. I, I'll tell you what I thought, and maybe somebody else thought something else, but in, in my mind, I thought, okay, well, he's looking for a release form of some type. Juliet's coming in saying she doesn't want anything from him, probably financial or anything else. So in my mind, I thought maybe Kane was online looking for like a contract, like, I don't know, a, a, a legal Zoom document that he could print out and give to her to sign. But I, that's I, I, to say she is like dismissing him from any responsibility. I could be wrong, though. I would love to know how you 
you guys read that, uh, I, I had to bring that question up because it was a little foggy on me too, so I just filled in some blanks. <laughs> Uh, Diana at YRChat.com says, I was so teary-eyed when Victor was speaking to Nikki in the tent before the concert as he was telling her that he loves her and that she loves him. You understood Victor's intentions and really felt all of his emotions and feelings. Eric Braden's acting is so authentic and organic. He always seems to gain my th sympathy when he has tears in his eyes. I somehow forget all of the bad that he does. I think that's the charm of Eric Braden, isn't it? Because he he's like a man's man, you know? He's this... He's, he's a villain. He's like a, he's, you know, Mr. You know, mustache and Mr. Aggressive and probably like type A personality. And then one single tear gets in his eyes and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Victor. <laughs> I'm sure there are tons of fans that don't feel that way anymore. But I loved that scene and the beautiful music playing over it. It's, it takes one tear and I'm sucked back into Nikki and Victor's world. That's probably how she feels. Think about how she feels. One tear and she's back in Victor's arms. Uh, Connor at YRChat.com says, The story that is Nick Newman, it's a story to tell. What really bothers me is the fact that Nick went above and beyond destroy, to destroy this concert. I mean, dude, if you were that concerned, you would have gone about it differently. Pouring soda over the system, really? I'm so over Nick and his I must protect Nikki and Victoria from dad, when in reality, Nick, you're making matters worse. You know what? What else, Connor, is that whole I must protect Nikki and Victoria at any cost is another attitude that's a Victor attitude. Must protect my family. I'm doing everything for the family. It's all for the family. Who's that sound like? Uh, Michelle left me a voicemail this week saying, I feel bad for Abby. She's worked really hard to get this position. Nick and Victoria always have the option to go back to that company, so Abby has to work twice as hard. This is another example of how their family dynamic is wrong, and they always make Abby feel like an outsider. If they would only let her in on the secrets, it would help her grow as a character. It's hypocritical to say Victor always controls everyone's life, but they're doing the same thing to Abby right now. Yeah, I know. I did have some sympathy for Abby, though, this week, too. Um, I almost forgot to give us a poll question for the week, you guys. Let's put it there. Let's zero in on specifically, I think, the Abby and Victoria rivalry. I mean, it was definitely a bad thing that, you know, Nick sabotaged this when it came to Abby. But I, you know, even though she was an unfortunate uh, victim, of his little sabotage. I don't think in any way it had anything personal to do with her. Victoria, on the other hand, seems to specifically enjoy criticizing Abby. And I'd like to know if you guys are into this rivalry. I think it's got some potential, but I'd like to know if you would, would you rather see Abby and Victoria's relationship as sister, sisterly support or are you up for an old-fashioned sisterly rivalry? Why chat.com That's our poll question for this week, and you can let me know what your preference is. I don't know, I'm kind of leaning toward the rivalry for a little while, just because it's something juicy to talk about. Oh, Ellen at YRChat.com says, I'm still wondering if you're right, Allie. Is Graham Dina's son? She said to him this week, you're so charming, Graham. Then he said, that's why you keep me around. Then she said, 
among other reasons. What's that supposed to mean? Why would she leave her estate to him unless they're related? They could have only known about each other for a year. Maybe she feels guilty about giving him up for adoption. There's something more going on between these two. Yeah, you know what? I'm really, really glad that you mentioned that because my ears perked up when I heard that. And then I, and then I thought, no, Allie, quit, quit trying to make him a sibling. But now that you mentioned it, I'm, I, I can't help it. It does say something, right? I mean, it does answer some questions that that are gaping, have some gaping holes. I could see Dina giving him up for adoption to the other parents, and when his parents died, maybe he went looking for his real mother and found her. I think that's so good. I mean, oh, did you see how uh, when Jack came to pick up <laughs> Dina for, for the concert, he's, Graham answered the door and he said something to Graham like, gee, it's a shame you couldn't, you couldn't go. I wish you could be there and Graham said no you're not <laughs> and Jack said you're right and he just brushed his way in I think a good that's a good brotherly rivalry that could possibly be building up but I'm glad that I'm glad that that little tidbit is not entirely lost uh to the ages I think that I think that could be the one I like I guess I like brotherly and sisterly rivalries <laughs> oh let's see here oh Deanna left me a voicemail and she wanted to let me know that the Sharon soap she received it and it is her favorite scent ever <laughs> ever Deanna of all of the scents that you've ever smelled Sharon's that your favorite I I will admit I um cut a bar of Sharon for myself this week and it has a really good lather this batch has a particularly nice lather actually I got an email from Marianne too and she said that she had her naked heiress soap took that for a spin and that it had a really good lather too I don't know what what it was just I don't know maybe it's the batch maybe it's the the weather or the right amount of humidity in the air or something but like lathering up those bars they are like creamy and bubbly and yum 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 so I am so glad to know that you guys are enjoying them you guys can still snatch up some of those soaps um I'm trying to decide what I'm gonna make for the fall and I'm only gonna keep making them if you want them so tell me if you want more soaps uh you can go to GenoaCitySoap.com to see what I've got oh I've got some beautiful lotions too oh Deanna if you like the Sharon soap Get yourself a share in lotion because those are really good too. So um, that's my. Those are my soapy updates. Those are my soap opera updates. <laughs> I hope everybody has enjoyed them this week. You know you can go to yrchat.com if you want to leave me your comments about the show. You can from there find the YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, or you can call into my voicemail at 309-588-4569. I love hearing from you, no matter what it is you got to say. So let her rip. <laughs> <laughs> and we need our best and worst dressed for the week. So uh, let me know what you let me know who you are feeling and who you'd like to give a big old raspberries to this week. Okay, everybody, I love you, and I'll see you next time. Bye.